0: So I'm hyperventilating a little bit. If I fall over, pick me up, because I've got some things to say.
1: Though we adore men individually, we agree that as a group
2: they're rather stupid. That men are essential for procreation, but when it comes to pleasure, (sighs) unnecessary.
1: Dinosaurs
3: eat men. woman inherits the earth. Safety lights are for dudes. Safety lights. dudes (laughs)
2: dudes
0: <laughs> well, put some skates on Vero, hey,
1: the York, Kristen. Yeah. Lord, please give it up for the dazzling vocal stylings of miss
3: hello everybody and welcome to episode 66 of citizen dame the podcast where i was gonna say we hate men where men are terrible but you know i'm just i'm just gonna say I fucking hate Brian Singer. <laughs> That's just <laughs> where I'm going to introduce it. I am Kristen Lopez. Karen, Karen Peterson is out braving the wilds of Sundance, so she is not with us this week, but we are joined by Kimberly Pierce. Hello. And Lauren Humphries Brooks. Hello. And we have a guest. We are joined by the lovely and amazing Yel Teagle. Hello. How are you today?
2: I'm so good. Thank you for well- having me
3: thank you for we were actually trying to get you on last year and then I was lazy with uh getting guests and I've just forgot so so I'm very happy that you graciously accepted my invitation
2: I'm I'm forgettable but that's okay you came back no no, (laughs) No. I I was terrible like
3: I had like five people that I was like oh I should have emailed them like six months ago about (laughs) being on the show and I just did not so well for people who don't know who you are what, what you do why don't you uh share a little bit about yourself who you are online all of that sure
2: um I'm yell yeah, hello <laughs> um I do a lot of tv uh stuff I do a lot of stuff for AfterBuzz tv and uh fanversation.com and I'm usually at comic cons um I'm a big like sci-fi fantasy superhero nerd and that is where I live but also um, I could talk about Law and Order Special Victims Unit the greatest show of all time uh, at any moment so you know I tend to reference it and relate everything to it and um, I'm pretty sure I will do that a few times during this episode.
3: I'm okay with that as someone who watches every Law and Order SVU marathon Mm -hmm. that is on USA it's a problem. (laughs) Well, we are so glad to have you on, on the podcast. And you have super fans because every time I tweet about you in general, like you have a fan account that, that retweets everything, which I think is awesome. Yeah, they're
2: super sweet. <laughs> the yellings, they're adorable.
3: We don't have uh do we have like diehard fans like that. We don't got like damers or anything, do we guys?
0: We're we're not we're not that special yet.
3: <laughs> there there's
1: a few followers I can think of who are particularly passionate we love you guys
3: we need to come up with a cool name you know like there's pine i think
1: damers is great
3: there's there i mean i want something to rival like the pine nuts and the cumber bitches that exist out there Ugh. we need to come up with something i don't know let us know fans what what do you know. want us to call you <laughs> so we're gonna start with uh, we have a really light agenda this week so that could make for some fun or a lot of dead air i don't know but we're gonna start with some garbage men because it wouldn't be a David ends in Y without horrible men doing horrible things. So we're gonna start with that fine delight of a human being, and by fine delight, I mean humongous piece of shit. Nobody likes him. Bryan Singer. Actually, people seem to like him because his movie made a fuck ton of money and it got an Oscar nomination. And I don't know. Am I living in an alternate universe, or is this just how this how this been the damn world? Is that what I'm you're in- saying?
1: I'm in the camp that he must have something on somebody. That's that's what I'm going. He totally with. does.
3: He does. He does. He totally he does. does. <laughs> if you if you are in keyed in on the blind item community, he does. He has he has big friends in high places. But there was an article that came out this week from the Atlantic called uh, "Nobody Is Going to Believe You" that explores brian singer now if you said but we already got an expose about brian singer being a humongous child molesting piece of shit well, you would be right this is another one this is um from from alex french and maximilian potter they wrote this expose they found four additional victims of brian singers who told their stories and charted this really they they alluded to this Nefarious group of not just singer but people who were complicit who knew what was going on who procured young men for Brian Singer, many of whom were underage. Um, and if you weren't sure that where you've heard about this, this was supposed to be the piece that was going to go to Esquire that he had come out ahead of a couple months ago saying there was going to be this article, it's totally untrue. Well, Esquire caved, and due to Hearst executives, and the writers came out and said this was true. Hearst executives said they were going to kill it, and so they took it to the Atlantic and they published it there. And I think that says a lot about how deep Brian Singer's friends go. I didn't need to read this to know what was in it because we've heard about these allegations for years. This is not these aren't new stories. New. They are not, and I think reading this again and hearing these these boys' stories. Of, these are men now, and how. Not just their lives in the moment, but how they they had very various troubles with drugs, troubled marriages. Um, it just it just shows how long lasting this stuff is, and the fact that Brian Singer is not punished, not just legally but professionally, I, it makes me really question my own work in the industry. That like how how can we let this continue? Um, what, what did everybody else think about it? Did we all read it? What are, what are the, our thoughts?
2: There are a lot of stories of um, of misconduct that we hear, we read, and then we forget about. And that's how I feel what happened with Brian Singer is that we saw it back when um, the last X-Men movie came out and he stepped down. He took a break from the spotlight because he didn't want to be a distraction. So we knew it and and we did nothing. And I personally feel like this keeps happening. No one seems to remember the allegations against Ryan Seacrest. Like, yes, he did their investigation. And we're like, nope, it's fine. But everyone's moving on. No one's talking about what happened with Kip Pardue, And it's killing me. We have this information now. And if we don't do something, we end up with an R. Kelly documentary and find out that, oh, we knew all of this and did nothing. And that's what I feel like is happening with Bryan Singer. Is Everyone's going, oh... I think we knew this. Why didn't we do anything?
3: Exactly. And I was, when I was reading it, the thing that, that popped out to me is there's a reference. One of the the um, young men talks about how the all his MO is exactly the same. I mean, it's so predictable. He has it down to a science. And he talks about going to a party where there were other young men. And he brings up Brad Renfro. And if you remember the episode we did last, I think it was last year. Um, about the article that BuzzFeed did about Brad Renfro. I mean, reading it, I was just, I wasn't shocked because the, the these, these people, people who are abused, I mean, they go through the same problems for the most part. And we really let Brad Renfro down. And that, that breaks my heart that we attributed as a society his problems to being a spoiled Hollywood brat and being a drug addict and... It was probably because he had a long-term history of fucking abuse that we did nothing about. And the fact that his name is being is more prominent now than it probably was towards the end of his life for this, it's just, it, it's, it kills me. Like, it, it's insane. I, I told this on Twitter, and I stand by it. You look at the list of child stars, male and female, who died before they grew up. There is a fucking reason for it, and they all yep. probably have long-term issues that we never dealt with uh
0: well it was i thought it was interesting to mention the the r kelly documentary and and this is the brian singer stuff is very similar to r kelly it's it's the consistent abuse the fact that you know the the first allegation is is from the 90s um and it has and it has been something that has been known both in hollywood and outside of hollywood for a very long time i remember like the um the young man uh, his last name is egan i think uh that the accusation michael e michael yeah back in yeah. back in i think it was like 2014 and i remember when all of that was happening so like reading that portion of that article i was like oh i totally remember this i read an article about it in like vanity fair or something like that and then nothing ever came of it and the article goes into detail as to why nothing came of it um but it it is yeah and and as you are saying it's textbook all of it it's it's just like you could write this article about almost anyone who is abusive. Um, and it would be the same thing. It's just, like, he picks on particular types of people. He picks on people, you know, he particularly, like, goes after young men that are not known, that are not likely to be known, uh, that come from families where, like, they've got a single parent or there's some kind of a difficulty within their families. They're runaways. They're estranged from their families. They're vulnerable in some way. And, and you know, he uses his Hollywood contacts and he uses sort of the offer of... Um, of possibly getting, you know, getting roles, getting into, getting into cool parties, you know, all of that stuff that we see constantly about people that have been abused and people that have been picked out for abuse. And what's horrifying about it is that it is so textbook. This is so like, you know, you, you see this all the time, and yet it still keeps on happening and we're still allowing it to happen. And singer is still a part of Hollywood singer is still getting gigs and we've known about this for so fucking long and Hollywood has known about it you know Rami Malek recently came out and said like oh I didn't know anything about these allegations just like bullshit bullshit there is no way that Rami Malek at least had at least not heard of these allegations like he must have known at some level maybe he
3: well, in the Hollywood grapevine like you know that nobody can keep a secret in Hollywood and I mean, even if he didn't know from reading the news, I guarantee you that man's been to a party where they brought it up. If you exactly. tell somebody, oh, I'm making a Bryan Singer movie... Somebody's got to look at you as scammed. Exactly. Like, really? I'm sorry. If
0: I know about these allegations, then Rami Malek knows about these allegations. There is no way in hell.
3: If, um, if
1: me in the Midwest knows, the- I know damn well that he knows.
0: Exactly. And so this whole thing of like, oh, we didn't know anything about this. Just like, no, no, you you definitely did. Uh, and And you made a choice. And that is something that, that, you know, you have to live with. And that is also something that your fans are going to have to live with. Because I've seen a lot of fans being like, Oh, he didn't know. He's totally like not culpable in any of this. It's just like, well, he, no, he made a choice. He did make a choice. Now we could talk about why he made that choice. We could talk about all sorts of things attached to it. And we, and we have discussed it on this podcast about where artists and actors have to draw the line with these kinds of directors and these kinds of producers but he knew. Like let's just put that on the table.
2: It's like the people who work with Woody Allen and then when people go yeah, exactly. how could you work with Woody Allen and they go oh exactly. my bad, let me donate my money. My bad.
0: Yeah, like I I didn't know. It's just like no, exactly. you you de- you definitely knew. So let's let's start there, you know. Um Well,
3: and and the bring up the Michael Egan stuff, which there's the article goes into a lot of detail on it, but I love how the fact that 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 one did not go forward for various reasons, that that is all they need is one. All they need is one where they're like, it didn't have, it was proven to be false in some way, shape or form. And that is the one they trot out is all of them are lies. I love that. Like if, if one of them falls apart, then obviously the rest of them are liars. Um, And in case you wanted to know who else supports Brian Singer, um, Brian May was on Instagram and somebody had commented on a photo about Brian Singer and said, "Oh, how could you support this movie?" And he doubled down and said, "Innocent until proven guilty." And then people rightfully went to task on him. And then he said, "Oh, like I, I forget if he made a statement that said that he was distancing himself from it or he didn't know the allegations." Um, I don't, I don't remember the exact, the exact thing, but he, he did get called out for it, which I was like. Why? Well, I, why i can't even of,
1: hear about brian may right now after th- that movie still makes me angry
0: <laughs> well it, it, no exactly <laughs> and what, one of the one of one of the big problems it seems that particularly with bohemian rhapsody and what kind of pisses me off so much is that both queen and fox fox was a production company i think right yes. yeah um both of them knew About the allegations about Brian Singer, whether or not they believe them, they knew about the allegations and they turned over the legacy of one of the most prominent and greatest queer rock icons to a man who is known to prey on underage boys. And just the optics of that is so horrifying. And it's so disrespectful to Mercury. It's so disrespectful to Queen in general, but to Mercury in particular, that, you know, basically there's always going to be this attachment between Freddie Mercury and the Queen biopic and a fucking pedophile. And that's disgusting.
3: And, And to go off of that, so Brian May released a statement that said, I am mortified to discover the effect my words produced. He wrote this on Instagram. I had no idea that saying someone was innocent until proven guilty could be interpreted as "quote unquote" defending Brian Singer. I had absolutely no intention of doing that, but you did. But you did. Fuck him. And Fuck here's, him. Here's the thing, and I, I've said this before, and I will continue <laughs> to say it again: the whole concept of innocent until proven guilty is something that men see as being indicative of a just world. As women and minorities, we do we realize that the legal system is not just and In order to prosecute a rape case, straight up rape in this country, is incredibly difficult. It does not have a 100% conviction rate. I think it's more like 13. And that's in America. So, and that's between heterosexuals. So, don't give me the bullshit about innocent until proven guilty when... Terry Crews couldn't even put together a civil suit against the man that assaulted him in fucking public. So, ugh. and then Brian Singer because, you know, both sides now we like to make fun of their statements. Um, he put out a statement by his representative saying how um it's quote it's sad that the atlantic would stoop to this low standard of journalistic integrity i am forced to reiterate that the story rehashes claims from bogus lawsuits filed by a disreputable cast of individuals and it is no surprise that with bohemian rhapsody being an award-winning hit this homophobic smear campaign has been conveniently timed to take advantage of its success so let's break that down.
1: A Kevin Spacey statement. The
3: Kevin Spacey statement, exactly, that I am gay. Yes, the heralded Kevin Spacey defense. And, and my problem is, is once again- <laughs> It's because I'm gay, not
0: because I prey on people that are under Well, gay. also again, well, the
3: fact that they're equating yes.
1: all of this to yeah, why exactly. are people not more angry about this, that is what gets so me. So we are
3: equating hom- uh, sexuality exactly. to pedophilia, gay, gay sexuality to pedophilia. I, I do not know why we still- allow that to stand but i do love how he asked to include that you know my film is an award winner suck it haters like that he has a taylor swift-esque statement that you know haters gonna hate fuck you man that's all i got (laughs) it's um and as if the the singer train just couldn't go on more (laughs) people of course started Inundating Millennium Films, which is the company putting out his next film. Now, if you didn't remember, after the first wave of allegations, all of that, Singer still had a has a job. He is he got ten million dollars to direct Red Sonia, which is a movie about a, a woman who is the victim of sexual violence. And people, of course, this week started inundating and calling Millennium, asking, "Well, what are you guys going to do? You going to keep Ryan Singer and the head of Millennium Films, Avi Lerner?" said it's not a problem he hasn't been convicted in a court of law so we're gonna keep him
1: and with the way this town works he never will be
3: and in case you're curious millennium films actually i think it was what three years ago was sued for making a hostile work environment that was rampant in sexual harassment and Avi Lerner was hit with a harassment suit for asking that employees female employees not wear underwear to work yeah that's the place so apparently, Millennium Films, their tagline should be "the studio that makes movies where you should fear being assaulted every day at work." Awesome, awesome, great guys! I'm so glad that that's what you pride yourself on.
1: So we, so once again, we have another example of these men continuing to, you know, oh yeah, me too, ending so many careers, so many innocent men, you so know, many
3: careers. Well, now we know that if you're a harasser and you want to harass women, like just go to Millennium. To Millennium millennium or sky yes is. take your pick, take your pick.
2: <laughs> well they gotta protect themselves because they know that they've done exactly. something wrong completely so they band together and they're like great as
3: we have as we've discussed on the show numerous times anytime somebody comes to the defense of one of these guys that do we usually say what's the refrain who did you hurt awesome I, I love film. These are the moments where I'm just like, why am I doing this? I'm underpaid and overworked, and they piss me off.
1: This whole week has been, I, I've found myself going, why am I even in this industry? It is so sad, so depressing, and so disgusting.
3: But hey, Oscar nominations We're happy nominations people on this, this podcast, out. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're so happy. Yeah, uh, yeah, we are. Um, let's talk about some Oscar nominations, because that also happened. Oh. okay so i'm only gonna hit the big ones i'm sorry if you want to know the full list you can go to um anything on google that lists oscar nominations and you know i was thinking we should maybe do like a fun little thing on the website maybe like the week of oscars give our our predictions and see who is the closest that might be fun um, i like so, it so best picture we're gonna start with it. nominees were black panther black klansman <clears throat> bohemian rhapsody that cough was not intentional but it should have been um the the favorite green book roma a star is born and vice lead actor went to the nominees are christian bale for vice bradley cooper for a star is born willem dafoe for at eternity's gate i keep forgetting that's a movie uh rami malek for bohemian rhapsody and vigo mortensen for green book lead actress nominees are Yalitza Aparicio for roma Glenn close for the wife olivia coleman for the favorite lady gaga for a star is born and Melissa mccarthy for can you ever forgive me supporting actor is mahershala ali for green book adam driver for black klansman sam elliott for a star is born richard e grant for can you ever forgive me and sam rockwell for vice and supporting actress is nominees are amy adams for vice marina de tavira for roma regina king for if beale street could talk Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz for *The Favorite*, and director nominees are Spike Lee for *Black Klansman*, Powell Pawlikowski for *Cold War*, Yorgos Lanthimos for *The Favorite*, Alfonso Cuarón for *Roma*, and Adam McKay for *Vice*. What the hell are these nominees, guys? Really,
2: they're the <laughs> white nominees. They're the, like
0: it's a it's a weird right? mix. It's such a weird mix of people.
3: It is a very weird mix of people, so we have a director that was not nominated in picture, which is bizarre cold war I don't think i i'm not i'm looking scrolling through like below the line, and I don't think it's it's in cinematography. It's in cinematography, and it got a best director nod. You like, gotta fill it up with bizarre.
0: not women. Um, I mean, come on, you have to find a not woman
3: to nominate. I know, I know.
1: I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't drop a single single woman in there. I mean, they couldn't have
3: gone for two men of color and like given no, us no Ryan Coogler for Black Panther or something. Like I know, I know Spike and Al- Alfonso are obviously men of color, but like it would have been great to get three. Would have been really shocking. Um, I, I'm not really.
2: But there were none. There, <laughs> right? There were none, and there were no women. I know.
3: I need to quit. Only, <laughs> only
1: white men make movies. Kristen, need- yeah. you quit know from-
2: this. Come on. Yeah,
3: I need to quit thinking that there are men of color. Oh my god. And women and women of color. That no, not, that's not real. That's totally, know, totally not funny. a thing.
1: <laughs> it's not real um as i said last week we don't want to direct these people don't want to direct so
3: we agree lead actor this year is trash like trash just straight up trash i i didn't see vice or green book i don't want to because i know they would make me mad and i don't got time for that don't
1: no don't see green book no it's (laughs) it's a waste so
3: really i'm just i'm just voting for defoe by default that's that's it that's where we're at now
0: defoe is good Defoe is good. You know, I I think that he's
3: probably the only one in that mix that is good. He's the Uh, only one I
1: would go near. Yeah.
3: I still need to see that movie. And that has Oscar Isaac in it. It's still not enough to get me to watch it.
0: (laughs) It's a good movie. I don't know what you're resisting. It's a very good movie. I think
3: it's just going to be like arty. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be pretentious. (laughs) Oh, my God. I feel like it's going to be pretentious. And I got to be in the right pretentious (laughs) mindset. (laughs) Not every day
2: but that's how you win that's how you win the oscar right there is you do you either do an arty so like i'm i think that it's gonna i think vigo has a has a chance because when you play a racist (laughs) you have a chance of winning an oscar
3: francis mcdormand effect as much as i love francis mcdormand i fucking despise three billboards as we all know um so i mean well essentially I was talking to somebody and we all said if Green Book wins the picture um it's going to be driving Miss Daisy all over again which if you remember driving Miss yeah. Daisy is an Oscar winning film. So it would not surprise me that after the strides we've made with something like Moonlight we have a really I feel like this year's Oscars are this year's like last year's politics like we we voted for a racist in the white house because we wanted to say screw you to the fact that we had a a black president all this time and i feel like that's what we're seeing in the oscars now it's just like screw you we gave it to moonlight now we need to go like way back to the bad old days where you could be a lovable racist and you won an oscar for it um
1: i i keep hoping so all of this word of mouth will do it what it needs to do and let something like Roma or the favorite come in and steal it but I'm I'm and, and really I worried that, I year. would definitely
3: agree with you and I'm not really even big on most of these categories I, most of these nominees you know I I really enjoy Black Panther I really enjoy Black Klansmen. um I I I think the favorite is really the only one I outright would say I I loved. so this year I think
1: I think Roma is a visual achievement I yes I had, I had some re I, I wasn't thrilled, crazy, crazy about it, but looking technically and look just presentation that film's a goddamn Marvel, just how he did that. It's truly gorgeous. And, and I would not be angry if that came in and got it. Cause I think Kuaron deserves it. Sorry.
0: Uh, yeah. It's very much an Oscar film. I mean, it's, it does a lot of interesting things. It has, like you say great cinematography, great performances. And it would be fascinating if, a film that was not in the English language won a Best
3: Picture Oscar. I feel like they won't do it, though, because they're like, Cuaron's already won director, what, twice now?
1: But the goddamn Farrelly shouldn't get it either. Yeah. That's I don't yeah. want no, the should, if, director of Dumb and Dumber to now be Oscar-winning well, director of Dumb and Dumber. He's not, I, Dumb I, I hope Dumber.
3: He's like, not nominated. So. I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, was he not? Oh, that's, oh, even better. Good. Okay.
3: I don't know if he's a producer on it, which means he would still get the Oscar if they won picture, but I I don't know. He's not, he's not nominated for director, which is good. I do like this lead actress category though, because lead actors, I always feel they pick supporting actress. You usually get like what the ingenue and the older actress that deserves her due and lead actress this year and even supporting actress this year, I think is really fascinating with the fact that you have a first-time actress Yalitza Aparicio for Roma, who just showed up to audition one day and gets this movie, and then she gets a lead actress Oscar, I think that's really great. And then you have older stars that you know have been working and and doing the work for a lot of years, Glenn Close and Olivia Coleman, and then you have someone like Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me, which that movie was critically snubbed i think by by mo by the major awards bodies this year and then you have gaga which we all expected
2: do you think gaga could win
3: do i think gaga could win um i you know i think it's i'd be surprised it's gonna come down to her in close i think although
1: see i was gonna say coleman in close
3: i don't think coleman's got it i don't think I don't think she's got the legs to I, do anything, it. If anything, I think the wild card could be Roma. I, mean,
1: I keep hoping for some "Can you ever forgive me?" Love, I but I don't love think it's yeah, going that. nice. But yeah,
3: Gaga. I mean, she's got a fair shot. If anything, I think that might be the only thing the movie gets. If a, a song is a shoe in, but I'm talking yeah, big, big nominee. Um, and then you have supporting actress, which is a bit of a mess. I mean, I think it's Regina King's in A Walk. Unless they do something really stupid and give it to like Amy Adams. Um, but I'm still really going to be pissed at the studio for getting two lead actresses in supporting and burning two categories or two, two slots for the favorite. Neither one of them should be in supporting. They are. That's an ensemble. That is an ensemble.
1: What surprises me is that second one from Roma. As we haven't heard her name really at all.
3: Smaller critics' bodies have, have pointed her out. Did yeah, they? It's been very it's been very minor. And I can see why Marina de Tavira is a is an appealing lead. She is the second second lead in Roma. And she does have a really great Oscar moment at the end, which I, I'm thinking they, they immediately envisioned as playing in the package. But any other nominees we want to talk about? things that we we thought about the oscar nominations
1: see for me it's just how those directors are How we couldn't we couldn't you know
3: well what are we what do we let's all go around the horn what do we all think is winning picture oh
1: <laughs> my my hope is roma my fear is green book
3: warren yeah my
0: i'm terrible at predicting oscar so i'm just gonna say my hope and my my hope would be roma uh
3: yeah what about you um you think so
2: i think picture? that if we've learned anything from the help, uh, I think Green Book's going to win, and everyone's going to be very angry.
3: See, I'm one of those. I'm... i I fear you. Yeah, right. I truly do. I, I, Green Book is definitely going to be the winner, but I could see Bohemian Rhapsody doing something.
2: I would be impressed if it won.
3: If Malik gets it as actor, I mean, I don't know. They they love it. People love that movie, and. Honestly, I think if it wins, it sets a really terrible precedent for the Academy. But I don't hold anything past them anymore.
1: I mean, all. if anybody can take down Christian Bale, I think it's Malick. Unfortunately, I don't know if I yeah, see any I, of I those mean, other ones getting it. Yeah,
3: if if we think there's a ringer, I mean they could give it to spite for a picture and i mean i don't know if they'd give him director as an apology like i think black klansman is the biggest competition the the biggest wild card so i don't know i it's really a weird year i'm i'm thoroughly sick of the oscars at this point and i say that every year but this year is especially pertinent just because they're a mess they are a mess it's such a weird balance
0: because you've got some of these films that are really in some ways would be, would represent a great advance for the Oscars. So things like black Klansman or, or um, Roma. And then you've got these other films that feel like they're total regression. So to, it's like the nineties or the eighties um, with green book and Bohemian Rhapsody. And it's just like, what is going on? They seemed
1: like they were taking such a step forward last year, thinking to, uh, get out you know Camille Nanjiani get nom- getting nominated for this, and it feels like they've complete they made these huge steps to invite more people more people in to try and diversify their voting base and yet they seem like it's the 1980s again exactly i want
3: to say it was our new best friend patty jenkins who who said it it might have been i want to say it was her um in a different article that that i was reading where she was saying even though they've added in so many new people to the academy that it's going to take several years to get that that real change or what we're seeing could just very well be what people are thinking as we've seen with our election process people say they're woke and they still don't know the nuances so you know a win green, for green book, book is not woke
0: <laughs> yeah i mean what, what we might be getting is sort of a push and pull between the old guard um so the the old white men uh basically the academy and then the newer people who have come in and maybe that's what we're that maybe that's why we're seeing such a weird balance here it just it seems much weirder than it has been in the past couple of years like the past couple of years you've been able to go like, okay i get where each of these is coming from and there's usually been one or two outliers but you know you, it, it actually made sense but this year it's just like we're swinging between two polar opposites here what is going on
3: exactly it's it's a mess so we're gonna move over to some news uh we were already talking news but we did put the oscars in the garbage people category because why not um i'm assuming lauren picked this news item so i'm gonna let lauren (laughs) talk about it (laughs) uh okay this is just a little thing
0: that it just excites me beyond measure so Nick Cage has signed on to appear in an adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's uh, short story "The Color Out of Space," and it's going to be directed by Richard Stanley, who who is most famous for directing the absolutely disastrous. Island of Dr. Moreau.
1: Ooh, this could be interesting. Uh,
0: This excites (laughs) me beyond measure for numerous like I I said it on Twitter, but not since Edgar Allan Poe married Roger Corman and Vincent Price. Have we had such a wonderful coming together of writer, actor, and director? This is just like this is perfect and i i'm someone who despite all of the problems that he has and he has many of them and i'm not about to start defending hp lovecraft here his stories are batshit and they're absolutely perfect for nick cage and richard stanley i'm just like i cannot wait to see what the hell happens in this film and i i've just i've got no idea i've never seen a lovecraft adaptation that was truly as insane as the stories actually are and so I'm very, very excited to see what these two already crazy people manage to produce out of this.
1: As long as it's I better have, than Mandy, I'm dead.
3: I have literally <laughs> nothing to say about this. Um, anytime I hear Nicholas Cage new movie, I'm just like, I know I it's think not
2: he for me. he's a hit or miss kind of guy. Right. <laughs> so like sometimes you're like, Wow, I forgot yes, how great yes. he is. And then he does something terrible and you go, Right, that's why I forgot how great he is. But like so I'm not a horror person, so Lovecraft <laughs> really like scares me. But reading about this story, I'm a sci-fi person and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this. And it's Nick Cage. So it's either gonna be really fun to watch drunk or it's gonna be good. It's one of those. <laughs>
0: I, I I can't uh, honestly like this could be the worst movie ever made and it will be amazing like I'm that's what I am so excited about I mean this is about the story is is a, a meteorite crashes to earth in the middle I think of Massachusetts or Rhode Island um, in the middle of the countryside and then like begins to like it the color of the meteorite begins to infect all of the surrounding vegetation and like it gets into the well and weird shit begins happening and it's just it's it's crazy it's like it's lovecraft it is it's bizarre and i i I'm so excited. I
2: can't. Your like, excitement can't makes me really excited. excited.
0: I am about
2: this. I, <laughs> Same.
3: I love oh. Lauren's excitement. And I think I'm going to smash it in about 10 seconds with the next news item that I have. Oh, must you. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. Um, so we also got our first look at Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Vanity Fair released pictures of the cast. And people are losing their collective minds over it. Mostly over the photo of Leonardo DiCaprio looking like Courtney Collins in Hairspray, which, okay, I remember when Wolf of Wall Street came out and, you know, dancing Leo, that was a thing. And now now we're going to get American Bandstand-esque Leo? Like, 13-year-old me would have really been into that, but now I'm just thinking, Now I like, really hmm. want
2: to see him as Courtney Collins. Are
3: we trying <laughs> exactly and you know what that's a high bar that is a high bar <laughs> oh, across because nobody yeah. trumps james marston in the movie version okay because that was amazing um but we also got our first looks at, at um brad pitt who everybody says looks like robert redford and i'm just like you shut your mouths how dare you Don't that's that. that's that is sorry i totally redford. see it thank you thank you very much i'm
2: so um, sorry but i absolutely see it <laughs> <laughs>
3: I I do not see it um so you know what we will just agree to disagree ma'am okay uh and then we got we got our another look at margot robbie as sharon tate now Uh. i've seen i was literally on sunday i was just at a birthday event for sharon tate at the at the dearly departed museum here in la and I looked at many a photo of Sharon Tate, and we watched Valley of the Dolls. Margot Robbie could look like Sharon Tate, but what they have done is absolutely nothing. She's just Margot Robbie playing Margot Robbie playing Sharon Tate. And I I just, I knew I had a problem with the first photo was released, and now it's just like, oh, okay, so he literally did nothing to her. Um, I, And somebody tried to say, like, oh, well, you know it's been great that we finally have, you know, male actors don't always have to look like the person they're portraying and we don't say anything. So I like that we have a woman doing that. No, I don't think it's an intentional thing. I think it's, it's laziness. It's that concept that you get a blonde hot girl and she looks like Sharon Tate. I mean, Jesus, exactly. even Hillary Duff is going for something looking like Sharon Tate in that whatever, not lifetime movie she's making. Um, but I, I mean, little things they could have done, you know, the big eyelashes that Sharon Tate had, um, the big false eyelashes, the the thick eyebrows that were very sculpted, um, the hair, you know, tease that hair out. They could have done something. It looks like a photo of Marco Robbie dancing in her living room today. It does not look like Sharon Tate at all.
1: Well, exactly. This shows the disrespect for Sharon Tate. And they're going for... They, Quentin Tarantino does not care about Sharon Tate This is not a Sharon Tate movie They want the idea of Sharon Tate They want a cute little blonde Getting massacred in her living room And they want a nameless Faceless blonde And that's exactly what they're going for here They don't care that she doesn't look like Sharon Tate They just probably care that she's blonde Well I will say
3: yep. Both sides now Lindsay Romaine, Who has been covering this movie For over a year who has been very pro this movie did say, and she provided proof that Deborah Tate, who is the sister, um, she is the last, the last um, remaining, I think Tate woman uh, because their, their mother passed a couple years ago, um, did say that she has seen the movie that she thinks that Tarantino is very respectful and that she does approve it. Does that make us, how does, how does that work for you guys? I mean, does, does, does a, a family endorsement make things manageable or not? No. Nope.
2: I think of Lana Wood and say no.
3: Excuse-
2: too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that a family endorsement is nice. I think it makes me uh, less hesitant to see it. Like Green Book, for example, I saw it way after the family went no. And um, I watched it going, I know that the family doesn't like this. And I know that these things are lies. And I know that this is how they're doing it, even though it's wrong. Um, So I like a family endorsement. But I I think with this cast, seeing pictures doesn't help me, right? So like, if there was a trailer, I would be more uh, excited, maybe, because when I look at the pictures, I see very, very famous people with their hair done weird. Um, yep. And and you know period costumes, um, but uh, period being the 70s. <laughs> but um, they, you know, when you when you watch the movie and and sometimes you get to like feel their performance and you forget that it's them. And until we see moving pictures of them doing something, in, in like a trailer, I can't. I look at it and I go, wow, what a fun photo shoot all these famous people did. So I I like a family endorsement, but I'm not going to get excited until I see a trailer, at least.
3: Yeah, like like you say, I think a family endorsement is nice as long as you're... Like, with something like Green Book, you always knew you were going to get two different sides to that story. Because one family member took the reins and was telling the story. And so because you have another viewpoint, there's obviously that suspicion. With something like this, considering that Deborah Tate is really the only voice that is that is active, you know, if Manson's kid had said, like, I endorse this, I'd have been like, What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, but I Yeah,
2: no one cares <laughs> if he endorses it.
3: Um and so so I do think it's nice, but as as most of us know, writing about movies with biopics, there's always gonna be that fair amount of quote unquote artistic license. And I think for for someone like Deborah Tate to have someone like Tarantino tell this story, I mean, it has to be flattering. I of course you're gonna say that you support it. It's like Sondheim saying, "Oh, don't worry, Into the Woods is not gonna be Disneyfied." I support it. Well, yeah, you benefit from it. Um, so I mean, it's a it's a double-edged sword.
2: Yeah, but I wouldn't I wouldn't want Tarantino to tell my life story. I don't want him throwing <laughs> n words into my very, life story.
3: Very, very true. Yeah, it's it's. A- sword it's a double-edged sword for me lauren what do you think Uh, i mean i
0: i've expressed my feelings about this film. my feelings about this film have not changed and they're probably not going to although we will see when we actually get a trailer um i tarantino is exactly the person that i don't want doing this of all if i could have put all of the directors into a single room and there are some directors i hate more than tarantino but in terms of the way that I suspect he is going to be representing this story, he is exactly the person that I don't want dealing with this. And every image, everything that has come out about this film so far has simply reinforced that feeling in me. And I've been, you know, I, I have accepted Tarantino before. There are some Tarantino films that I really love. This story the and the way that it appears he is going to be telling it is, is just i i there is very little that can make me go like oh yeah totally i'm totally going to to take this film and it's going to be great and it's going to be sensitive or whatever else this this horrifies me and it's going to continue to horrify me and i i just i really i really do wish that this film would go away i wish that i did not have to deal with this and i sure as fuck wish that i did not have to deal with the tarantino fanboys on this
3: Uh, always the tarantino fanboys um We only have a couple months left to wait for it. It comes out mid-July. So, moving on to... Oh, go on. They've they've pulled
1: it away from the murder anniversary, right? They're not doing that anymore.
3: A rare demonstration of taste. (laughs) So, moving on to other things that make us question how a person is going to be presented. We got the first trailer for the film, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, the Ted Bundy movie. This is the movie with Zac Efron. playing Ted Bundy. It's directed by Joe Joe Berlinger, who did the documentaries uh, Paradise Lost and the recent documentary Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes, which is on Netflix right now, which I've actually watched. Um, So we've got the first trailer. This is a look at Ted Bundy's crimes through the eyes of his girlfriend, played by Lily Collins. So I don't know why they would have published or released this trailer The same week, I can see why, but they're stupid to do it. Because if you watch the documentary, and you watch this trailer, you're kind of confused about how time works in this movie, because the whole story is supposed to be Elizabeth Klepfer's story, played by Lily Collins, and her story in the documentary is very truncated and it seems like there are moments where they broke up and they dated and we never really get her insights. So I was like, is he saving all of this for this fictional film? Or, because it makes it look like she just waited around for years and, and based on the doc, that wasn't the case, but they never really go into it enough in detail about their relationship that I can make heads or tails of it. Um, The trailer I thought was a really bad trailer because we are situating this like rapid cutting, you know, winky face at the camera. I'm waiting for Ted Bundy to look at the camera at a certain point during this movie and go full Tarantino, or not Tarantino, full Scorsese and be like, I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> and I was just like, what <laughs> this so is this movie? Are we trying to present Ted Bundy? Is this like wronged guy who, who was, I mean, the the documentary, the Berlinger did the documentary as well. And the, the documentary, I think, lacks a little self-awareness. Because if you watch it, Ted Bundy is every guy on Twitter today. You know, that guy who was just like, I'm such a nice guy you know, I don't understand why people would accuse me of this, you know, I mean, I did it, but I, I was wrong, you don't understand, I mean, that that constant manipulation and gaslighting, I mean, Jesus, that was in the late 60s, early 70s, into the 80s, and he, we have not, men have not changed, I think, which is fucking terrifying, um, so I was really taken aback by this, like, Cool, like Easy Rider type of portrayal, and I mean, I'm hoping it's just a really bad, bad trailer and not indicative of the rest of the film. Um, Zach Efron as Bundy, I see glimpses of it. He is not who I would have picked, and he and and Lily Collins is not who I, I had a great, I had a great duo, and I know Lauren's gonna give me shit, but don't I
0: always? Justin, Ther-
3: Justin Theroux oh, as the guy, who sake, always. <laughs>
0: oh my god
3: no. oh my god As yes he's because he's nondescript <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> Wreck- <laughs> Exactly my point because he is nondescript and Ted Bundy was relatively nondescript it will work um, Zoe Kazan I think would have been a better better version of the Clepfer character they look more similar than her and Lily Collins did but um, I- I'm really weirded out by this movie I'm very weirded out by it what do we think What did everybody else think? Am I uh, alone in this being just weird?
1: I was, I found Zac Efron almost distracting, honestly. I don't know if that's the best casting. I mean, part of the thing for me with biopics, you need somebody who's going to become the person who you can, and we were just discussing it with the Tarantino thing. I could not get past, oh, look, that Zac Efron in period clothes. He's too big too bright of a persona almost for this and granted i am not that i am not well read on the bundy thing the the bundy crimes the everything he did i'm looking at pictures and i don't think zach efron don't
3: don't do it unless he, oh really and i've study. i've gone down
1: dark and dangerous rabbit holes before and it's but that's one i've never dove into i that was my main thing there um looking at it if it could be a great performance by him but based on what they showed in the trailer I didn't see it um the movie in particularly doesn't excite me I think I said la when we didn't we discuss this on the most anticipated I said that could be really great if it could be a great performance for Efron if it's done well um, based on that I, don't I know if it's done um, well. am
2: really interested because it looked like Dexter but as a comedy. Like that's what the trailer gave me is this is Dexter and that's there's going to be some end. funny moments, um, you know, with his big old bow tie and he, maybe there'll be a musical number. You know, that's what it felt like. <laughs> that's the trailer I saw. Oh
3: it's, I, I would not, I would not put it past this movie. Oh my God um lauren what do you think i know you had strong opinions on on twitter the other day i you know and it might just <laughs> it might just be because of the place that i'm at, and i'm getting i'm getting
0: increasingly tired of uh, reading no, news stories about women being killed by assholes um and it's become exhausting and so here here we've got one of sort of the most notorious assholes who went around killing women and we've got a trailer at least and i you know can't trailers don't always represent the, the content of the film so we've got to give it that the trailer looks like they're treating him like a rock star that's just like oh he was a sort of crazy anti-hero and yeah oh you're gonna be fascinated by this man who viciously murdered people um it it bugs the shit out of me and it it has reached a point where i'm like you know what we we talked we talked last week about um the effect that films have on real life and the way that we perceive real life and this film to me is just like oh we're so we're gonna treat men murder women every day and they expect to be treated like rock stars so we're going to treat a man who murdered women like a rock star. And that is the way that it's being presented. Is well, that the what title the film
3: too? The yeah. Title it is... too, being so just like in your face, like you're supposed to say it with like feigned shock, but like a little bit of like, a... I keep saying a wink to the camera. And that's what I think it, it feels like.
0: Yeah. It, it, the way that it looks is that we're going to prize this murderer over, over his victims. Over the people that he killed over the people that he brutalized, um, we're going and we're gonna make that into a piece of entertainment for your enjoyment and the fact that this is uh, the fact that this is a male director um, that this is being approached as a piece of entertainment that we're all going to be amused by the antics of that scamp Ted Bundy uh, and it doesn't look like at least in the, again at least in the way that the trailer presents it. It does not look like it has a self-awareness. It's not like, hey, this is a commentary in some way. This is, you know, it it does look like a comedy. It looks like Dexter as a comedy. And I don't think that that's a good thing. I think that that's a very damaging thing and a very dangerous thing, um, particularly in the current climate and particularly in the way that we talk about true crime and the way that we talk about these killers as being fetishized, as being somehow uh you know they're more interesting than the people that they murdered and so again the victims become these bodies that are just there to be brutalized and are there to provide the fodder for entertainment um and i i just i don't want it i am not interested in it and it, it kind of disgusts me that it well, is karen
3: is actually gonna go see it at sundance it does not have a release date yet because i don't believe it has a distributor. I don't know. I could be completely wrong about that, but I know Karen's going to go see it. I think at the time of recording tonight, so when she's back, I'm sure she will have some thoughts and we can grill her about how weird it is. But if you told me in 2019 it was the year of the Ted Bundy resurgence, I would not have believed you, but it actually makes a lot of sense, which is very frightening to me. So, yeah. Now we're into reviews. I told you this was going to be a small episode, which is fine with me. So we're going to go around the room and talk about what we've been watching lately. Anything uh, good that particularly stands out to us? So I'm going to start with Kim. Kim, what's uh, something you've been watching? Oh God, you
1: to had to start about? with me. Um, the <laughs> the Ghost Hunters rewatch from last week continued.
3: Oh, uh, watch that! I my mom watches that show. Why do you watch that? Fun.
1: <laughs> And Grant Wilson good. is adorable.
3: <laughs> Wait, okay, I get them confused. Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures? Ghost Hunters
1: ghost is, is the older thing. one. Ghost, ghost, adventures ghost Adventures is ghost, ghost Adventures is three bros hunting ghosts.
3: Okay, but are the Ghost Hunters not the they're same? They're a little less rowdy. Adv-
1: they're what? they're like I, I, I wouldn't call them bro-y.
3: <laughs> I just feel like I watch all those shows and they're just like a bunch of dudes wandering around in the dark. Pretty really much, busy. yeah. No, it's, I did not know yeah, that. that's... Okay.
1: The, I, I've liked those shows since God Most Haunted when I was 10 on the Travel Channel.
3: Oh my God, you and my mom. You and my mom could literally sit... Oh, t- because sit your mom,
1: we know Mama Lopez has watches. good taste. <laughs> uh, and then I watched oh something interesting. Cool? I, or, I watched... Operation Madball on the TCM app because, you know, since film struck, all I have left is the TCM app. This is all all I I have. have If that ever goes away, I will die. I will, you know, curl into a ball and cry. And that was, it was a fascinating little watch. Um, 1957 kind of stereotypical little sex comedy from the era. Cast was Jack Lemmon, Ernie Kovacs, um, I saw James Darren in there, basically a bunch of GIs post-war setting up a party so they can get with nurses. And that that was really fun. I, I think they, they missed an opportunity not having James Darren sing, which you know, strike against the director. You have James Darren, you use him, damn it uh jack lemon doing exactly what he did during that period it was his same old character and i i enjoyed it it wasn't the most complicated it wasn't it wasn't the best sex comedy from that period i ever saw but i thought it was definitely worth a watch
3: awesome lauren what have you been watching lately uh
0: uh, i actually went i finally went to see into the spider i've not seen that uh which because nothing is there's no nothing is out right now like i've seen everything basically um except for I serenity so which I'm i will seeing talk about that in a second
3: I'm so but i'm so excited for oh, someone else to have seen it so that I can <laughs> talk about it
0: oh i'm desperately interested in this movie i can't wait um yeah I-, I liked into the spider verse it's the you know beyond anything else the animation is spectacular and i think it's been i think it was nominated for uh, best animated film for the oscars <clears throat> And it really is a, a remarkable achievement in animation. I thought that the um the plot itself was fine. It's very Marvely. Uh it's very superhero, which I guess we kind of expect, but um it was it was enjoyable. I actually wished that there was more of the um the other Spider-Men, that we got a little bit more of their characterizations, particularly like there, there are a couple of them that are introduced very, very late in the film. Uh and, and I was like, Oh, come on. I want, I want more of Spider-Ham. I want to know what's that, what the fuck is going on with that? Um, but it was, it's an enjoyable film. It's, it's really good to see in 3d. I I liked it a lot. And, uh, it's nice to see Miles Morales um as the main character and his particularly in the first act like the development of his character is really interesting and it's really well done so it's a it's a fun kind of weekend film that um i think is is like a totally diverting way to spend awesome. it a couple I still of hours see it.
3: so i'm terrible when it comes to comic book movies so i'll get to it eventually <laughs>
0: I only, honestly, I only saw it because there was nothing else yeah. to see. I was like, oh, I should go see yeah, that. That sure sounds interesting. Hard. Like, yeah, it's sure. is
3: our dumping ground, as we all know. Um, yeah, what about you? What have you been watching lately? Anything you want to throw out as being worth or not worth your time? Yeah, so I
2: also just saw Into the Spider-Verse, but I'm the person who should have seen it when it came out. I'm all about that. And so I literally saw it last night. Um, and it was amazing, as everyone's been saying. But uh, in terms of uh tv movie streaming things um i watched this movie on netflix called deadly switch and it's like very lifetimey
3: movie oh my gosh you had me so so much like most lifetime movies i maintain all lifetime titles have to be said in a scream (laughs) <laughs> so I feel like right there you had me because that seems like something you should be screaming at the top of your lungs. Air I <laughs> love
2: quality. it. So um I saw cuz a friend of mine is in it and it was actually surprisingly good. Um cuz I'm not a big lifetime movie person. I feel like the writing on lifetime movies is the same people who write softcore porn and um it there's like you feel like it's about to turn into softcore porn, and then someone gets murdered, uh, and then it you find out that the neighbor's been stalking you. So um, it was a really fun movie. Yeah, that's how Lifetime movies work. <laughs> um, so I really i I liked Deadly yeah, Switch. Um, yeah. I'm gonna finish Kimmy Schmidt. The final season has dropped, and um, the Magicians is back on Sci-Fi, which I really hope people are watching because it's so good. <laughs>
3: I will say I watched the first and only episode of Kimmy Schmidt in my entire life last yesterday. And
2: that's it. Done.
3: First, um, I I watched a random episode in season four for reasons. Are you burn falling? Is that what it is? That should be very. They, they were they were John, John Burnthall related. Yes, they were, and it was <laughs> fucking magic. Um, I was just sitting there like why is he not in romantic comedies god damn it the man has timing it's great um but yeah it was it was um i had no idea what it, the plot why
2: was, don't you but, watch <laughs> Schmidt from the beginning
3: because um, i'm terrible when it comes to television and i like don't watch it um at all i i'm always bad on like shows and don't watch them until they're like done for the next twelve years, and then no one cares. About
1: Unless they're so, called the Punisher.
3: Um, I've only gotten through episode one of season two. I'm very what? slow. <laughs> I dole that out. Okay, I make that laugh. God, you can't, you can't watch that much Burnthal in a day. It will kill you. <laughs> yeah. I know that, having watched every single one of his movies. Okay, and it was painful. So, yeah, I watched my my first and only episode, and it was damn delightful. So maybe I will go back and watch the rest of them. But put him in a rom-com, Hollywood. You know, instead of giving Brian Singer $10 million, John Bernthal would probably work for a chocolate bar, okay? Put him in a rom-com and make me happy. Um, <laughs> so in terms of what I've been watching this week, I did go and see Serenity. It was my first big uh, L.A. critics screening. Um, We watched it in the studio screening room with no air conditioning because it turned the air off in the building after 7, and I felt that was indicative of the whole movie, that if you can survive sitting in this stuffy room with 20 people with no air and you still can find something with this movie, then you've won. Um, Serenity is one of the most batshit insane movies that you will see of The last couple of years, probably do not go and read any spoilers. If you have even a bare monicum of interest in this movie and you like bizarre, insane, like, mo- okay, I'm gonna throw out a reference. If you thought Winter's Tale was fun, not good, fun, then you will watch this. You will love this. Um, I had, I, I literally gave this a fresh rating because I was like, I can't say it's bad. I was not bored. I was completely enthralled. I literally had no idea where this movie was going to go. And, and that's surprising in an era where there's like four narratives and we know we're, what everything has franchise potential at this point. But Maddie McConaughey plays a fisherman on an island and all he does is fish and have sex with Diane Lane, who doesn't leave her house. It's it's got the makings of like a really beautiful David Lynch movie where like nothing makes sense, but it all makes sense. <laughs> and then Anne Hathaway shows up looking like Lana Turner in the Postman Always Rings Twice. She has some great, like simple favor s clothes in this movie. It's fantastic. And she sounds like Marilyn Monroe and she tells Maddie McConaughey, like, I'll give you ten million dollars to kill my husband. He's like, All right, all right, all right. Do I get a link in with it too? Um, no, he doesn't say that, but he should. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. That is the basic bare gist of the film. And just let it unfold. I wish, I, I think, like, I might try to convince Lauren to do a bonus episode after this, after she sees it. Because I just want to talk about it with somebody else. It is utterly bonkers. And I didn't hate it because I was just like, who sat down and wrote this movie? I think I like it. I think I like it because it is utterly insane. Stephen Knight, I want to talk to you, bro. I want to know what you were thinking when you wrote this movie. That's all I got. It's it's worth it. I kind of want to pay to go see it in a theater just so I can watch the audience watch this movie. <laughs> because that trailer is um, it's it's selling you something. It's selling you something.
0: <laughs> I am so excited. You don't even know
3: you should be excited you should oh be my excited. god i can't wait <laughs> i i don't think anybody else like i think kim would hate it based on aquaman i think kim would despise it because let's just say it's crazier than aquaman it is crazier than Aquaman. aquaman-
1: really okay yeah i won't aquaman be rushing out he has
3: a world with rules that make some oh you're of funny you're very funny <laughs> <laughs> like you can, watch- your
2: description's really selling me on this. Yeah, I'm so I'm Aqu- definitely gonna see this movie. I will
3: say, you can watch Aquaman and you're like, okay, this may be nonsensical, but in the context of the world that is created, like you think that there's actually some sort of forward momentum. This Serenity plays like Stephen Knight had a plot and then had a seizure at a certain point while <laughs> writing it, and then came back from that seizure and said, you know what, fuck it. I'm gonna do so. I I but but he already like he thinks that this makes sense. So like he's like, okay, I wrote the rest of this movie, and they were like, Steve, did something happen to you in the middle of this? And he was like, No, no, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it is a masterpiece of like just batshit cinema. And if you are a fan of so bad, they might be good movies this is a good time like go I I told I described it as go with some friends to like the last show or the first show where you think the least amount of people are gonna be bring some snacks and just just sit there and just be like what the fuck is this strangeness this is amazing Stephen Knight's (laughs)
1: credits are a whole list of that's a yep. list of craziness, diverse craziness right there. I wasn't familiar with the name.
0: <laughs> That's a movie.
3: That happened. I would throw out more references. I would throw out more references, but they are all spoilers and I will say that as soon as you you watch it, you will get at least one of the references that I would have made. There are so many comparisons to other movies that should not be compared to this movie um (laughs) is it is it it as great
0: is it as much of a masterpiece as the snowman that's what i want to know
3: i told you after i saw it i saw the snowman of 2019
0: (laughs) i yeah if that like because that is the greatest film ever made so (laughs) i i cannot i cannot (laughs) really now cannot wait to go see But this here's movie. the thing.
3: Watching the snowman just feels like they were like, we gotta get it down to a certain runtime. So they just grabbed scenes out of order and then deleted them. This, literally, I can't describe it any better, is like, they started filming it. Somebody fell and hit their head and then kept making the movie as they thought it was supposed to be. But it it looks like a head injury for Spotify.
0: Yes. <laughs> it
3: is a damn delight. And everybody commits everybody is so oh good that's the best movie that's but i'm not convinced i'm not convinced that anybody else but maddie mcconaughey saw the whole script i think anne hathaway and diane Lane only got the pages for the scenes they're in so you know i i i can't say i hated this i i watch winter's tale every time it's on and i'm just like how did this get made that's how you're gonna feel about this movie how did this get made this
0: is everything i've ever wanted
3: (laughs) <laughs> and why didn't this movie come out last year when it when it was supposed to um so yeah that's what i've been watching this week um what does ever does anybody have anything on tap screening wise I, I have they been? shall
1: not grow old so i'm looking oh. forward to that
3: okay that's the peter jackson thing right yeah
1: exactly okay.
3: um i have I i'm torn i'm supposed to go to cover some sort of stan lee event where i might get to talk to mark hamill i don't know but i'm a little bummed that i have to go to it because i wanted to not pay for miss bala that's the same night literally an hour later um at a different part of town if you have the opportunity
1: to talk to mark hamill you go talk to mark hamill damn it that's
3: what everybody keeps telling me i mean i'm gonna go i was assigned that first so um if i don't go see miss bala on wednesday or i think it's wednesday yeah then i will that'll be my first amc stubs purchase um, that I go see over the weekend because I do want to go see it. Um, yell anything you're planning this weekend to, to go see or do?
2: Um, I will be speaking with the cast of the Umbrella Academy on Netflix this Ooh. week uh, for AfterBuzz TV so keep an eye out for that. That is awesome. I'm so excited.
3: Well, thank you so much for being on our, our show before we close oh, thank out. Thank you for having me. Oh, Anytime. Um, while we still have you, why don't you tell us where fans Uh, listeners can get in touch with you where your work is online feel free to promote anything all of that
2: yeah um i'm everywhere at yell teagle that's y-a-e-l-t-y-g-i-e-l um i know it has all the letters and uh yeah interviews soon with the umbrella academy on AfterBuzz tv uh movie reviews um and such at fanversation.com um, I think that's all I'm allowed to promote right now.
3: <laughs> awesome. Well, you can find us uh, all over the internet as well. We are on Twitter at Citizen Dame Pod. You can get in touch with us via Facebook at Facebook.com slash Citizen Dame. If you're old school and you want to send us an email, you can do that at Citizen at Pod dot com. And, of course, we take all questions, comments, suggestions, anything you want to send us through those um areas you can. You can download the podcast anywhere podcasts are available, including Spotify. Uh, we have our official website, which is CitizendamePod.com, and you can find a wealth of our written content there. In case you were, didn't know, we actually got pull quoted, which I thought was awesome. Um, Lauren's review of the film Egg got quoted in their advertising, so we are going to try to actually do more movie reviews on the website, because Lauren is pretty awesome, once again, and she gets traction for our stuff. So um, you can find our Citizen Dame top fives. We just did our episode, uh, Citizen Dame 5 on screenwriters who should never write about women. You should know who my number one is right off the bat. Um, and you can also get uh, Lauren's Dame Struck column, as well as Kim's Feminist Fridays and Thirst Traps. We're going to try to do more with the website soon. We have some guest posts that are going to be up from other Fantastic writers who have wanted to share their work on the website with us as well. So that's always citizendamepod.com. If you want to support us with your money, you can do that one of two ways. We have a Zazzle store, Zazzle.com/slash citizendame, where you can buy pins, posters. I don't know if we have posters, we might not. Mouse pads, if you still have a mouse for your computer we have our fantastic Mister pine notebook that i keep promoting as if uh i have one and i don't i should actually just buy one for myself just so i have it um that's zazzle.com slash citizen dame and we have our patreon which is patreon.com slash citizen dame starting at just a dollar you can uh support the podcast three dollars get you a pin Twenty dollars gets you a T-shirt, which um, our uh, fantastic former patron Brendan Kane posted a picture of. You can see what the T-shirts look like. Um, that's Patreon.com/slash Citizen Dame. We have a ton of episodes, bonus content that's up there. Our Suicide Squad commentary still being edited, but it is coming soon. We also have our upcoming Man from Uncle show. Um, all sorts of stuff. Patreon.com/slash Citizen Dame, and we still have our contest going. Um, I think by the time this episode goes up, Kim, when is this episode going to go up?
1: Um, I am definitely next week. Um...
3: um, so at the time of recording, uh, we are planning for this to go up early. So if it's still January, you can, uh, join our Patreon. Any new and existing members will get to be eligible for a prize pack that includes a copy of Karina Longworth's book Seduction and a digital copy of bad times at the Elroy Owl. Um, we don't know what February's prices are. I am trying to find some because I have actually run out of stuff to give away, uh, which is always good. I like not, uh, you know, having having less stuff in my house. Um, you know, trying to uh, Marie Kondo it. But uh, we're going to try to keep the the contest going, help benefit you guys for your support. Uh, once again, Patreon.com/slash Citizen Dame, and then you can find the rest of us on Twitter. I am on Twitter at Journeys underscore Film. Karen at at KPIR624. Kim, where are you on Twitter? And Lauren Humphreys Brooks. I am at LH Business. And we will be back next time. Thank you once again to Yell Teagle for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.